Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Jim Leach Show. We have so much to cover today, but I can't tell you how pleased I am with how we're starting the show. It's our first opportunity to speak to the man who was recently confirmed by the U.S. Senate as the new U.S. Attorney for the Central District of Illinois. He is a veteran prosecutor in our area who has just recently taken over this very important position as it pertains to law and order, public health and safety. Greg Harris, U.S. Attorney, is live on the line with us this afternoon. And thank you so much for taking the time. It's great to talk to you and congratulations on the new position. Thanks, Jim. Good afternoon, and thank you very much for having me. It is uh, wonderful to have you here. And, and I have to ask, because you have been with the U.S. Attorney's Office for a, a long time in several different roles there, has it always been your uh, ultimate goal to rise to the top spot? Did it come as a surprise when you were finally given the nod? How, uh, how does it work when you are a, a career prosecutor in an office like that? Well, actually, no, it didn't come as a surprise, and I worked very hard to try and get here. Actually, this was my third attempt at uh, applying for the position of U.S. Attorney, and I kept inching my way forward in the process. Uh, The first time I applied, actually, was uh, with the um, Clinton administration. And uh, at that time, uh, there was a screening committee set up by uh, Senator Paul Simon. And uh, the screening committee had to recommend three names. I, unfortunately, was not one of those names that was selected uh, for uh, the position of U.S. Attorney. And at that time, Francis Hewlin became the U.S. attorney. But I went uh, into private practice afterwards, and I still had the same ambition. And when the opportunity arose again, I applied uh, this time under the Obama administration. Uh, And this time, I was a little more successful. I got out of the screening committee, and my name was submitted by uh, Senator Durbin to uh, uh, the president's uh, office for consideration. Uh, and along with another prosecutor or individual in our office named James Lewis, who was the civil chief at the time. And uh, again, I missed out on the opportunity, and Jim became the U.S. attorney. So I thought long and hard about applying for the third time, but I thought, well, three times a charm, let's try it and let's see what happens. And uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, get the uh, support of uh, Senator Durbin and Senator Duckworth, they submitted my name to the president, and uh, the president uh, nominated me to the Senate, and I was uh, unanimously confirmed by the Senate, and I was very fortunate and happy to have received that uh, acknowledgement. You know, as noted, you've uh, held multiple different positions in the office over the years, including chief of the of the criminal division. Uh, let, let's talk about that, if we could, in terms of, you know, right now we're in a political climate where there's a lot of talk about uh, crime raging out of control. And, and there's so much uh, crime on the on the streets here in Illinois. From your perspective, uh, what what is the situation here in our community in the central district? Uh, is crime rampant? Is uh, is it kind of, you know, what we would normally see, uh, not too much out of the ordinary here. Uh, And what role does your office play in addressing that? Well, uh, you're correct. Crime is uh, on the rise uh, everywhere in our district, uh, in the major urban areas and the rural areas as well. Um, It is unusual. Um, We're very concerned about it, Uh, particularly um, gun violence is uh, on the upswing. Uh, Shootings have... uh, been out of control. Uh, We're just uh, very, very concerned about the safety of the community, and we're doing uh, what we can to assist the local and state law enforcement uh, offices 
in addressing the crime. Uh, the president, back in May, uh, through the attorney general, announced a uh, strategy to address uh, the violence crime, uh, which is a um, uh, is primarily the responsibility of a local and state law enforcement. But we're trying to assist in every way that we can. In particular, we're providing uh, federal grants to local law enforcement agencies so that they have more uh, money to spend for overtime, uh, equipment, those kinds of things. Uh, we're also um, providing um, specialized units, uh, task forces, to address uh, violent crime in hot areas, hot spots, as we call them. Um, in our nearby district, in the Northern District, we have a task force that's operating there. We've lent uh, support from the Central District of Illinois to um, that effort uh, in terms of prosecutors uh, for the uh, strike force there. Uh, so we're looking at this as a uh, major problem that we're trying to address, not only through targeted law enforcement, but through uh, prevention and intervention programs. Um, we hope that if we can reach young people early and, and convince them not to pick up firearms and not to engage in violence, that that's going to lead to the overall reduction of, of violent crime. Uh, intervening with programs like reentry programs after people have come out of uh, prison and uh, may have prior convictions, uh, firearm convictions and that type of thing, trying to make sure that uh, they understand, again, not picking up a gun, not get engaging in violence, providing social services for them or trying to uh, direct them to social services that can help them find employment, housing. Uh, you'd be surprised, Jim. Some of these individuals come out of uh, prison and they don't know how to apply for a driver's license or they don't know how to uh, open a bank account. And so uh, we've been uh, providing uh, federal funds for social service agencies that uh, can help with those uh, issues, and I think that's part of our uh, overall strategy. The other re really important factor, I think, in terms of addressing um, crime is the efforts of our department of building trust between law enforcement and the community. That's very, very important because there's no way that we're going to lock our way out of this situation of rising crime. We're going to need community support uh, in our efforts. Um, and in order to do that, we have to gain the trust uh, of the community. And so we're working on various steps to, to do that. Uh, and I think that's uh, hopefully going to uh, uh, bear fruit from our efforts as well. And the final piece uh, that was announced in the strategy was monitoring uh, the success of our efforts. So we're not just targeting individuals, uh, trying to persuade them to put the guns down, and if not, uh, going after them with um, the uh, the best tools that we have available, um, including uh, racketeering charges or maybe uh, buy car charges, um, which um, you know can gain some significant sentences in the in the Bureau of Prisons. Uh, but uh, we're also trying to uh, convince them that that they need to put the uh, guns down and. Um, uh, stop the violence. When I grew up, <laughs> typically you got into an argument or dispute with someone and you uh, you got into a fight, a physical fight, a fist fight. Today, uh, the availability of illegal guns 
makes it much more easy for someone to pick up a gun and, and try and settle the dispute that way. So we're also looking at illegal gun dealers, trying to go after, after them, making sure that they follow the law. We're starting to see a little problem now with uh, what they're calling ghost guns that are guns that are being built that don't have um, uh, serial numbers on them. Uh, I don't think yet that's a major problem in the Central District, but uh, it's one that uh, may soon creep down from the Northern District uh, into our district. So we're looking at at that as well. You anticipated Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, which is the supply of guns. Springfield police took hundreds of guns off the street last year, but it seems like uh, nobody uh, down to, you know, 13 and 14 year olds have any trouble getting their hands on a gun if they want one. Where are these weapons coming from and and what can be done at the federal level to try to, to slow the flow of these weapons into the streets of our community? Well, they come from various sources, Jim. Uh, Some come uh, by burglaries of homes of legitimate uh, gun owners who have registered firearms. Uh, Some come from uh, burglaries in uh, firearm uh, stores. Uh, I've been reading about, uh, on the West Coast, uh, a number of railroad cars that have been broken into, that uh, guns have been stolen from. So they they come from a number of, of different sources. Um, as far as what the government can do, the federal government can do, um, again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're looking at uh, li- licensed dealers, making sure that um, they uh, follow the law so that uh, we prevent straw purchasers, people that are buying guns for prohibited uh, individuals from possessing guns, uh, prying trying to make sure that um, uh, everything as far as the documentation of uh, the firearm regulations are followed. Uh, And then we're looking at uh, places that are selling guns illegally, that are unlicensed uh, dealers that uh, supply a large number of guns to individuals that ultimately get on the street. So those those are th- some things that uh, we we've been looking at. I think we have uh, told all of our prosecutors that when you come up come with, up with a case that involves a straw purchaser, uh, unlicensed uh, registered gun, which in the past may have been uh, looked at by our office and um, not actually uh, prosecuted because of other more serious crimes. Uh, we're not looking at that. We're not taking that approach today. We're taking the approach of trying to uh, follow every possible lead to get any gun, uh, illegal gun, off the streets. So uh, those are some of the efforts that the uh, federal government is undertaking today. We're talking with U.S. Attorney Greg Harris on the Jim Lee Show here on WMAY. So much uh, of the crime your office has to deal with now is really happening in cyberspace, child porn, uh, sex trafficking, uh, even you know some of the, the violent crime we're talking about is being organized via social media. How equipped is your office to deal with this uh, this world of cyber crime and to, uh, to uh, reach in to those uh, uh, murky areas and find the people responsible for them? Well, it is difficult, and you're right. Um, Cybercrime is is very um, prevalent uh, in our district as well as it is throughout the country. Uh, We have top law enforcement agencies that are equipped to um, uncover uh, the perpetrators of cybercrime with regard to um, 
the the child uh, exploitation type cases. We are doing uh, much more of that kind of work, which in the past has been primarily uh, done by uh, local and state uh, law enforcement agencies. Uh, but we uh, we're handling a lot of those cases, uh, and uh, the Congress has provided us with the tools to. Um, direct our law enforcement efforts at the individuals that are committing these crimes and to, uh, once convicted, uh, seek long sentences to put them out of our community uh, for a period of time and, and until uh, this, uh, you know, idea of going after the young people in our communities uh, is, is ended. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that uh, when I started in the office is about 1980. Uh, we were not in this uh, business. We weren't in this area. So I think over time, we've seen that uh, local and state law enforcement agencies and prosecuting offices needed some support. And I think the federal government has stepped in and, and is providing that kind of support today. A couple other areas I want to ask you about real quickly. One is public corruption. Uh, the Northern District has handled a lot of these cases here in Illinois, targeting lawmakers and lobbyists and others in, uh, in various uh, forms of corruption. How involved do you expect your office to be in pursuing cases like this, uh, being that we're the seat of state government here? Uh, is this something you expect to be doing a lot of? Yes, I do. And throughout my career, I've been in this office for 28 years. We've always had public corruption cases uh, in the office. Uh, they may not have been as dramatic as some of the cases uh, out of the Northern District, uh, but they are public corruption cases uh, as well. And um, we're going to continue that. One of the things that I plan on doing as uh, the U.S. Attorney is to um, forge uh, more relationships or more uh, partnerships with uh, state agencies uh, and uh, other entities that may be uh, the product of or may be involved in public corruption or have individuals that are involved in public corruption so that uh, we make sure that our public officials are free from the taint of corruption and are doing the job that the taxpayers have uh, hired them to do. Um, it, it is extremely high on our priority list. Uh, it's high on the FBI's priority list. Uh, it has always been that way. Um, and we have the tools and resources to, uh, to detect it and to uh, uh, investigate and prosecute that type of crime if it exists in our district. And we know uh, that it does. Uh, we currently have uh, public corruption cases in our office now. Uh, there's probably no time at all when uh, much more than a year goes by where we don't have a public corruption case of some level in our in our office. So we are doing that, Jim. We are doing that kind of work, and I expect to see it continue. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope that our efforts uh, continue to be successful. Another area that has really grown in importance in the last couple of years is election security, and the U.S. Attorney's Office does play a role every election in monitoring for any sign of fraud or uh, illegal activity at polling places and things. Uh, what can you tell us about that, and uh, should voters have full confidence in the uh, the fairness and the legality of their elections? Well, you know, in the past, we've we've had prosecutors go to polling places and to uh, monitor um, polling activities at different precincts to make sure that everything was being done fair and and, and 
as as it should be above board. Uh, and I think we'll probably continue our our programs that we've we've done had in the past. We haven't found um, a lot of uh, illegal or improper activity in the precincts in this uh, in this district. That's good. Uh, but I do think our presence um, has some impact on the um, uh, you know the validity and the sanctity of the uh, voting process. Uh, within the Central District of Illinois, and we'll continue in those efforts. We've covered a lot of ground here. Before I let you go, are there uh, any areas of priority for you we haven't discussed yet, things you really want to focus on in your tenure as a U.S. attorney? Well, you've touched upon uh, two of them, and I just want to talk just very briefly on that. And it's Project Safe Neighborhood is our program that's designed to target violence in the community, particularly gun violence. I hope to make an impact in that area and maybe maybe have one of the uh, best operating Project Safe Neighborhood programs uh, in the country. I think we have the resources here uh, available to do that, uh, and that's one of my priorities. Another priority is the human trafficking. You've touched upon that as well. I think that we have um, uh, you know, a great opportunity in our district, which consists of 46 counties, uh, to um, help victims of, of human trafficking. About uh, four years ago, we established a human trafficking task force. And we're fortunate enough to receive a $1.3 million grant from the Department of Justice to assist us in the operation of that task force. That allowed us to hire a coordinator um, who is a employee of the um, uh, state police uh, and to be able to utilize um, uh, the intelligence resources of the state police, uh, which, as you know, is a statewide organization and covers all of the 46 counties in our district. That was a benefit to us. They are doing a wonderful job of trying to develop programs to assist people in identifying human trafficking, providing services once human, uh, victims of human trafficking are identified, services such as uh, you know, drug treatment, housing, uh, employment, those types of things with the expectation that hopefully that those individuals that have been victims may one day be witnesses in uh, criminal cases, whether they be in state court or federal court, against the traffickers, the ones who are making the money, the ones who are ruining those lives. So we, um, I think, are uniquely uh, uh, positioned uh, here in this district to have one of the premier offices in the human trafficking area. And I hope that throughout my tenure in this office that uh, I can uh, develop that program to the to its fullest. U.S. Attorney for the Central District of Illinois, Greg Harris, thank you so much again for your uh, time today. Greatly appreciate it and look forward to continuing to talk to you as you make headway on these various issues. Again, thanks for your time.